Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Unusual Julia Gulia's Uvula. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. But the worst thing is that me, fatty sideburns lady and the mutants over at Table 9 will never, ever find a way to better this situation. Because apparently, we have nothing to offer the opposite sex. Except for a huge downs. He wants to make money, you know. Live in a nice house with wide windows and locks. You can't expect him to live forever with his sister and the nipple twisting that goes on over there. I just want someone to hold me and tell me everything's gonna be alright. Cue the theme song. You know, it's funny. Some of us will never ever find true love. I'm a person too, Bob, goddammit. I'm a person too. You're a moron. I vomited in my hair. You hit two cones. Those could have been people. Those could have been guests at her wedding. Well, maybe a little tongue. Not porno tongue. Church tongue. Hey, Linda, you're a bitch. When I got married, I wasn't a virgin. I already had intercourse with eight men. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! All right. It's kind of like the big decision that many people have in their lives. Do we hire a DJ or do we hire a wedding singer? Mostly it's DJ, I'd say, because the chances of wedding singers going real bad uh, is just too strong. So get the music that you want. But then again, sometimes you want a funny movie. So we have Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Christine Taylor, and a whole bunch of other faces of uh, people that you would recognize from some Adam Sandler m- movies like Alan Covert, uh, Matthew Glaive, Frank Severo, maybe. Billy Idol. Uh, yeah, Billy Idol makes a little thing. Kevin Nealon um, shows his face here, as does Steve Buscemi and uh, John Lovitz. <laughs> and yeah. some awesome, awesome cameos for both. Um, Steve Buscemi's comes full circle. And, yeah, so uh, Buscemi and Lovitz aren't even credited, but if you look at the songs they sing, it says performed by Steve Buscemi, yeah. performed by John Lovitz in the credits. That's funny. And it's good because when you have someone like Adam Sandler, who's a fairly competent musician, um, he can sing in the movie a lot, uh, and it's uh, it, it just it adds a nice little bit for someone who has done some guitar music in the past i'm sure brent felt the same way colin couldn't play a musical instrument to save his life so he don't have a fucking clue but (laughs) i'm just kidding um but i really appreciated all those people doing it and when they're performing from buscemi to lovitz especially it's them singing uh and it just it it really adds to it um which is cool uh we had frank uh karachi directing written by tim hurley although rumor has it that Carrie Fisher, who someone referred to as a script doctor as I was doing my read up on this stuff. I didn't yeah. know Carrie Fisher was a script doctor. Yeah, she anyway, her she yeah, does. She, she did, spent six she, months punching this up. She does a bunch of she's she was very famous for that for for a long time, actually. So I learned something new today. Uh, also, Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler all punched up this script at one point or another. Um, this would be one of th- I'd have to look because Adam Sandler's um, filmography is, is so long, but this would be getting close to the end of films not like written or produced by Sandler himself. 
Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, like this is this is after Happy Gilmore. I, he had like his big rush coming out of Happy Gilmore into this, but I don't think he had too many more movies after this that were like written by other people. Hmm. You mean this is one of the few, the last ones where he, before he took the helm of producing and writing his own stuff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, you know what? A, a quick click of my mouse. Um, so Sandler formed his, produ- his production company in 99. Um, and started off on his, on his, um, he did Deuce Bigelow (laughs) next, uh, and then got into some other stuff. I guess Punch Drunk Love, um, would have come after this. That was 2002, I think. So, but, but this was, you know what, I think I'm not too far off that this was approaching the last of Sandler being handled by other people. And the start of Sandler doing his own shit. Um, Wedding Singer comes in at a very quick 96 minutes, uh, had a budget of about 18 mil and pulled in 120 something at the box office. So um, people were waiting for a, a, a comedy that, frankly, it, it, it really walks that line of romantic comedy um, it, it like more tightly than some of Sandler's other movies, which would have leaned on the comedy even more. This this movie attempts to throw some heart in there, um, more so than s- most other Sandler films, I'd say, again. Well, I think Sandler does that quite a bit. Like, you think about, uh, uh, what's the one, Big Brother or whatever? Like uh, Big some, Daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Daddy, and then you think about the one with uh, PTA directed. Like, I guess that's not a Sandler film, but it's a Sandler film, right? Yeah, um, there are some examples that I feel like I'm forgetting, but I think that he does like have these little sentimental centers in them, right? The you're movies, not wrong. The you're totally that not you're wrong. You're mentioning though, well, once again, uh, were movies he collaborated on and starred in, but but um, I think John's talking about when he kind of took over the 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 majority of the writing and producing of his own projects. Because um, you can see in this movie... We said this um, has heart, and that's not something Sandler does all the time, I thought. It's just this like, so insane. like, if you look at uh, st- the stuff he's done on Netflix, um, or, well, I guess... Yeah, I'm not, saying ex- I'm not saying everything that Sandler has done. Like, obviously, Jack and Jill and fucking all that <laughs> stuff. You know, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming if it has heart, it's uh, it's seriously stressed broken heart but i yeah. think if you look at a movie like this um and you could see how that he contributed a lot to this movie whether it was writing the songs or probably ad-libbing a lot of dialogue um but that he does a, it it works the mo for the most part a lot of the time um the sad thing is is that it it appears that like over time he got such a big ego that he wanted to be the writer and the producer and run the show and um i don't think that's his cup of tea uh i think just being the actor and uh contributing to what he was contributing in movies like this and um uh water boy and uh, punch drunk love where you have a good strong director writer at the helm that's um you know steering the ship and he can just do his thing uh, Uncut Gems is another great example of mm. Sandler where he, you know, he is just allowing someone to take his talents and like put them in their movie. Um, and then you look at 
any movie where he wrote, directed, grow, like produced Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, Grown Ups 3, all the Grown Ups movies. Um, anything he made for Netflix where um, they gave him like a huge deal. Um, Waterboy, what about Happy Gilmore? Those ones are all written by other people. Those are written by other people? Yeah, those mm. are screenplays that he didn't write. He wasn't put a producer on those. He was just an actor. That's what I'm saying is all of the stuff that is good by Sandler, he has less involvement in the, the movies that are good. Once he started becoming more involved with the creative process and taking the char taking charge of, of making his own movies is when you saw the downturn. Um, which it, it, that's once again, in my opinion, that's wh what I see. Like try and they, find a movie that he wrote on IMDb that was any good. Big well, Daddy, he, he, the he did co-write. He did co-write the Waterboy. Billy Madison. I, those are all Adam Sandler credits for writing by so, himself. Is it by himself? It doesn't matter by himself. You said that he has no part in them. That's no, but if he the takes, whole thing, but he had a part in every single one of those for writing. If he credited takes, on IMDb. If he takes the helm, though, I'm saying if he's not if he's not working collaborating with someone else, ah, the fucking bar keeps moving. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and also Happy Gilmore. We did Happy Gilmore. Did we say that that one held up? I think we did. Yes. Yeah. To a to a person. Yeah. And Waterboy held up too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it just makes you think of maybe Sandler then what has talent, what, but when he's left to changed? himself to just like, like you just give him a pile of money and say, like, be silly, be Sandler. And I think at this point in his life, maybe he doesn't have the fucking uh, the same desire, like that hunger of writing those things before. I think probably there's more desire to put more into it because you're still scared. You, you still have more to prove. What does Sandler have to prove now? He's but got how many oh, yeah. fucking best-selling comedy albums. He's got one of the best uh, guys ever on SNL, plus part of the best cast maybe ever on SNL, aside from, like, you know, dating back to the Bill Murrays and stuff. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's there, but he, as he became more successful... Did he write Funny People, or is that just Apatow? That's Apatow. Mm. Um, but... I guess I'm saying that his, I don't feel like his strength lies in his writing, his screenwriting abilities. I would imagine that the ones that you're mentioning where he was credited as a writer, he did a lot of work on those, but probably the idea and the script came from that co-writer who he worked you can't with say to that, polish though. the script. You can't you don't know. You're just you're just saying that to reinforce your point. Well, I know because point. I know you're because inventing I a situation <laughs> to to forward your your point. You can't say that. You can't I, well, say that as you say like, well, so, I bet that he didn't so is, do much. Oh, he anything, didn't he did write him? Well, he is, probably didn't do much. Is there anything? Well, then let's look. We can investigate. Is there anything he solely wrote with no one else's credit on it? Just him as screenplay. Go like you've got it up in front of you. Do you but why anything? does it have to be solely written by him? We're talking about things that he is part of creatively. Because I think you he said has he a lot wasn't a producer or a writer on those first things that I brought up, and he was. So that didn't change it. I feel like uh, maybe just some Hannah Sandler distaste here. No, no, it's just I because of the recent. It's because of the recent stuff. Like I think he likely has like a. He's got. He's great for comedy, right? Like he, um, 
his stuff on SNL was really good. He was very different at the time when he was coming up. Um, and I bet he has like a lot of character ideas and a lot of silly ideas for, for stories. I have no idea as to his actual script writing uh, ability. And, and it's hard to know how much he had actually participated in any of this. But it does seem like later on in Adam Sandler's career, as he was given just more power over the movies that were being made, that they just went in the toilet. Yeah. But so it's I'm not, not I, it's I, not just him. It's we, we talk about this with almost every screenwriter or director who who doesn't have someone to collaborate to with. To check them. That yeah, yeah, to give them good criticism, feedback, to not let them just go wild and um that that definitely uh, happens to everybody, not just him. Like cuz I think he's great in this. Um to me whatever he contributed in this i think he did a great job for, especially with the music the, there's some great there's some difficult scenes he would have had to do do with the acting um which you know is was not his strong point back in these days um before uh you know uncut gems and um and uh the one that pt made with him well, I think he really started showing his acting chops. Um, and he has some acting chops in this one, I think. Yeah, he plays he plays like really vulnerable and ragey um, pretty well. He can he can play that spectrum. So when he's upset he and yelling for darkness. a song. Yeah, he does. He, he has a darkness that comes out um, fairly well when he when he gets into it. But it's just how silly and how far and how consistently he takes it because there's this movie, he's a nice balance. Most of the time, he's even in this movie, uh, but he has like the the highs and the lows going along with it. So it's not it's not too much Sandler screaming and chucking his shit like you know you can see in other movies. If I think if you watched too many Adam Sandler movies, like much probably if you like you keyed in on any actor and watched too much of their stuff, it might it might get old um, watching them do the physical. Um, or 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 the 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 comedy that they're stereotypically popular for, which Adam yeah. Sandler was always the rage and the silly. Oh, oh look at me! I'm this. Oh fuck you! Well, yeah. yeah, he he's angry and he's also angry in Happy Gilmore and Big yep. Daddy to some extent as well. Yeah, but um, his core character in this has less of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, no, and no, he's a, he's a nice guy in this. It's the it's the situations that break him down, right? Yeah, he's, like it's he's not, never he he's never angry without a trigger. No, and he the th- one thing I do like about this for his character is that he doesn't hate being a wedding singer. It's how he's evolved, right? He used to be part of a cool band, but bands are impossible to make it big, and he just happened to transition from being in a high school band or a college band, whatever it was, where his lady friend um, Linda really liked <laughs> liked his singing from, and he transformed to that. She's the one who hates him being a wedding singer, um, and she almost gets him to quit, but he ends up not. So I I just like that he didn't also hate his life, and that she like brought him down that last peg. The the um, the conflict that he runs into with Linda leaving him does come out of nowhere, uh, and maybe he should have seen the signs earlier, but he was just love struck. Um, so I like that. It made him seem. Uh, flawed, not overly confident, but I like that he was he didn't hate his own shit as much. It, it, it didn't end up making his character too dark. I think in other Sandler movies, his character is kind of darker or in more of a rough patch that they know that that his characters know that they're in. Um, this one was a little bit different, which was a little refreshing. 
made me like his character more from the start. And I think this yeah. one is better than a lot of those other ones we even just mentioned. This is to me this is better than Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison because it's not just about like an immature man child who's being goofy and and uh, no one can really understand him including me like I can't understand Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore but this character I can relate to a lot more because it's about someone who who wanted to do something and he wanted to be a musician or he wanted to be a songwriter and he never quite made it and so he he's doing this wedding singing as a you know as to kind of keep in touch with music but it's it's yeah. not where he wanted to be and um in the love story i think is really relatable too um where he falls for the uh for the girl um and her sister like throws herself at him yeah and uh kudos because i definitely would have taken that bait um but he, <laughs> he did not um fall for it and uh so yeah, I mean, I I feel like this is a lot stronger of an effort than than the Happy Gilmores and the Billy Madisons and the Big Daddies, um, for being more relatable. And um, the one thing I I wonder about is the eighties, because because everything is, um, there's so many eighties jokes that that if you didn't understand the references, they wouldn't be funny. So I'm wondering if somebody who didn't understand all of that stuff today saw this, this would still be a um, a good movie and a funny movie. Yeah, that's the that's a really excellent question because this movie set in 1985 when Robbie Hart, who had a band, becomes a wedding singer and uh, his fiance just doesn't like that. Uh, so she decides to skip out on having a wedding with him. <laughs> um, and as he is recovering from the heartbreak, he meets uh, Julia who's going to become Julia Gulia and marry a douchebag. And Adam Sandler knows he's a douchebag, but uh, can he tell her in time? They kind of start falling for each other. And then some ruckusy ruckus happens. Will he still be a wedding singer at the end of the day? Or what? It's the wedding singer, everybody. Or what? Um, so, so yeah, the, the night, it, it, this movie does hit the 1980s hard. Um, there are certain scenes when I'm watching it and I, I forget that we're in the 80s. And then there's the Michael Jackson jackets and um, Miami Johnson. Vice. Yeah, Miami yeah Vice. like Michael Jackson maybe would hit for some people because that red leather jacket and the, and the glove are so iconic. So you'd either not know. Uh, if you half knew, you'd know. But I think like Don Johnson and Miami Vice just... I don't think that's as much of a thing as people thought it was. In, at the time it was, but that at didn't the, carry forward now, right? Not as well as like a Michael Jackson from the 80s or, a, you know. Yeah, but Michael, dude, Michael Jackson like is way bigger than that, that TV show. Right? Yeah, like that's. Miami Vice was a was a show, but yeah. Jackson was like a phenom, like the world's yeah. biggest superstar um, rapist. Yeah, the one, <laughs> the one thing that I think they overplay their hand a little bit in the beginning of this movie um, is they 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 do a really good job of making Robbie Hart's character a likable character and uh, a good save person. the cats. He uh, he has he has multiple save the cats. He he saves the he's he first of all saves the wedding from the brother in law. Yeah, uh, uh, the brother who comes up and like says some horrible yeah. things about 
how him Dad and the and, groom, yeah. the father, and how him and his brother <laughs> yeah. might have gotten hookers on vacation. Um, he sa- he saves that. He saves the kid who drinks too much and helps yeah. him, you know, get his shit together so he can go back into the wedding, helps him puke. He He's really, really nice to Julia. Um, I think... Um, the old lady with the meatballs <laughs> that he's teaching to sing. I think we could have maybe gotten rid of some of that. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a little too much. Like we, we, we already like him and they keep, they keep piling it, it, on his generosity and his niceness. So yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot of setup. Really. I think all you need is was for him to save the moment with the brother-in-law because like that spans on he's able to smooth over with a lady that her bride slept with a prostitute on some vacation he smooths that over and she's like you're right let's just move on that's awesome for the wedding singer but it does cause it does take a long time for the inciting incident in this movie to roll around because of all the setup that they do with robbie and um as much as i do like something about the craziness of the meatball joke because it comes around later when Julia's eating meatballs as he's visiting and teaching her how to sing at the piano. Um, but just something, there's something about that he takes those meatballs in his hands and tries to leave. I <laughs> Even think, with all the ridiculousness in this movie, that just doesn't quite sit right with me. I, I, I never you, accept meatballs in my I, hands. I think it's a, really, <laughs> it's a really easy cut, though, there to have him turn down the meatballs and say he has to go and just get out of the scene. Because yeah. then you can still have the joke later where she's going to offer him three meatballs instead of she two. She pays him in meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's the joke. Him holding them, that you don't need him holding them and no. biting no. them. And, and then no, it her, didn't make. She holds his hands with the meatballs, meatballs in his in hands. It. Yeah. Like, it's just, it th- you guys are right. It does make little, <laughs> no sense really why anyone would take them and why anyone would grab his hands with them in them and, and squeeze the meatballs. It's be a little gross. weird tonally for the rest of the movie, right? It's, yeah, there's not we're much not else doing, like We're not that. doing meatball hands the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, no. So I, I think th- some small cuts <laughs> to speed up the beginning of the movie could have been there. Yeah. Uh, you just get away from that old lady. Nice. Get in and get out. You, there's no reason to linger as long as we do. Um, and I love yeah. the... I like that we don't meet his wife. I actually really like that we don't meet his fiance. And that we're waiting with him at the uh, altar for her to show up and for us to meet her. And then she doesn't show up. So I thought that the writing there was really good with moving this story forward and not setting them their relationship up. Because she comes eventually and tells him why she decided to back out. So yeah. we, we don't need any setup. We, we She's going to explain it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this movie does a few smart things with how to move the story along, like because Julia and Robbie are friends, um, like inviting him out to dinner so that, you know, they can realize they're for each other a little bit more, but um, so that also Robbie can learn what a douchebag uh, Glenn is. Yeah. Um, it, it's just smooth little bits of the writing that, that keep the story going along. So I think they do well with the 96 minutes. Anything you could do to this movie for edits would be to tighten the screws, but it doesn't need major cuts. It doesn't, it has speed bumps, but not nothing that's taking me off the rails for sure. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of breezes through. Uh, yeah, I think it does too. Uh, I think it does. Um, 
uh, get get to where we need to go quick um, yeah. without losing us or, or any major speed bumps other than meatballs. Well, it puts uh, us on the path. <laughs> it puts us on the path right away, but we it takes a while for Sandler and the girl to to get there, right? He falls apart, and I mean, I guess that's the that's the meat of the thing. Yeah. And and looking through the uh, the writing credits of this guy who wrote this script, he it looks like was a co-writer on the Ridiculous Six, Pixels, Grown Up Two, Mister Deeds, Little Nicky, um, Water Boy. I'm surprised um, Grown Ups had Happy writer. Gilmore and Billy Madison. So this Mr. screenwriter oh had God. his hand in all of those scripts with with uh, Adam Sandler. So maybe it's not all his fault <laughs> because this guy um, did write this script, but a lot of the scripts I just mentioned uh, were some of those uh, newer ones that are not so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I just thought of another good piece of writing too. When um, Sandler's going to go over to her host to tell her that he loves her. But when he gets there, she had been trying on her dress and she was so upset because she doesn't want to marry Glenn but she puts up Sandler's photo or something like that, or is thinking of him as uh, as as Mrs. She Robbie. starts saying his she, name. Yeah, she starts saying his name, and then she's all happy and looking like she should the night before her wedding. And Robbie sees it and doesn't go in. I was like, that's just clever. It, it's it's clever and neat, and you don't think about it, and it moves things along. It keeps the tension stretched out. Gets us it's a close to save moment. the cat for him too. He he cares. Yeah, and about he her comes so out looking much. like gold. Yeah, he's not selfish. He he wants her to be happy. He he genuinely wants that for her. He doesn't want to just have her because he wants her. Yeah. So so and that's what I mean is that the story really makes you like him and root for him and want him to um, get what he what he needs. Yeah, um, really smart. It's really smart. And there are some big laughs in here. I feel like. The, the the him singing those classic eighty songs, mm. um, were are really good. He's 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 got a decent voice. He, yeah, he, he makes it good, work. He's a good enough musician. I mean, he's like I used to listen to his old comedy albums and stuff forever yeah. ago, and he's always got like music, right? Music yeah. was Turing, always a big part of his gig. He's touring yeah. right now. He's touring right now doing doing live tours currently. Yeah. Is he? That's what he's doing. Yeah. He, the Chris Farley song is one of the songs that he's added to to his his act. Um, he sings that. I, I saw a YouTube video of him singing it recently at one of his concerts. He has other people come to, to every show, um, some of his friends and... So he's doing a big uh, a big music tour right now and uh, selling out the shows. So, um, yeah, he he's always been good at that. Opera Man was great. The songs he would sing on yeah. the panel was good. Like, he's good at writing those things. Um, the Chris Farley song he wrote is a great song, too. It's very emotional and funny and... Um, yeah, he, he's always... That's always been a a source for him of comedy is music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big part. And it's why it makes it so smooth in this movie. Yeah, totally. Um, when you have actors who, who can play music, it just, for me, I, I notice, right. When, a, when a, someone's up there and they're, 
they're making kind of a C chord shape and they're just sliding that up and down the neck and not even the strumming is like in time. It That gets me in a bad way when I see it, but that doesn't happen in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, Oscar Isaac, he's a, he's um, a pretty good musician too. And uh, he did that in the um, Coen brothers movie about uh, Greenwich, Sh- New York. Is it Sugarman or no? Um, no, it's um, uh, Lewin Davis. Yeah, yeah, inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, and yeah. so like you might not like that movie. It's a very different movie, but the music and his performances in that are really good because they're they're kind of real and and raw. So this movie has a lot of that, which just puts me in, in such a great mindset. And for whatever man, I love John Lovitz in this movie. He, he nails what he's John there Lovitz to do. Is so great, considering. That's true. Considering how good Bashemi is in this, he gets his job done. He's annoying. He's like he's he's off the hinge, and that's great. Lovitz is his douchebag. Like he's he's ruining his life, and I'm reaping all the benefits. And then he just fades <laughs> behind the curtain. We laughed a lot at that. Um, so that, that was made one of the funniest s- parts. That made me sad for uh, Kevin Nealon having such a bit part in this that didn't take advantage of any of his comedic talents. Um, to the so, point where, sorry. Well, I was um. What's the name of the Italian actor? Frank Severo, I think Severo, it was. Yeah. yeah, so he ends up playing um, Robbie's brother-in-law. I don't know. Yeah, you won't right. even, it doesn't even matter. It right, is. Robbie's brother-in-law. So he's around like messing around with the kids. He's really only in the first half of the movie. At a certain point, he's not in it anymore. Um, nothing, I guess, against his performance in this, although it's a little strange considering all I've really seen him in is like Godfather-type movies, <laughs> shooting people or being shot. Yeah. Uh, um, they should have maybe should have swapped that out because then um, uh, Nealon at that role would have still excelled and he would have had more of a chance to to be like a deadpan delivery like he does and then Frank could have played the bank manager guy which is only a momentary thing sorry Frank uh, but we just love Kevin Kevin Nealon's yeah. fucking awesome and Kevin, Kevin would have almost awesome. been the, the more stereotypical yeah a person to play his brother-in-law he's like yeah, they're, they're in the suburbs of mob guy yeah. It's so white. It's so white bread. Like his family's so white bread suburban that Kevin would have fit perfectly in that stereotype. Whereas this, they almost cast that Italian guy counter to the type that you would think would be his brother-in-law that's married to his sister. So uh, I did read that um, that bit was like a throwback to an old SNL bit where Kevin Nealon would play a bank manager. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's I think why that was there is because it was it was the little throwback. He's so I agree. Unused, I would have though. rather than the throwback or the little easter egg, I would have rather seen Nealon in a bigger part because Nealon blows away every role that he's in. Oh, he's totally. He's such a funny guy, naturally funny. I just listened yeah, to him on uh, on Your Mother's House with uh, Segura and that. Oh he's, yeah, he's fucking great. Just listening to him talk, the guy's amazing. Put him in more I, movies. I listened to him on uh, Justin Long's podcast, Life Is Short, and he Me was awesome I. in that I too. They well just had recently. a fun conversation, man. And yeah, like he didn't even get to do any of his like subliminal shit. I missed opportunity, and and it could have been really funny if they had done that. <laughs> um, he's great on weeds. He was one of my favorite things about weeds before weeds yeah. got bad. Yeah, I liked him in weeds. Yeah. yeah, when was when did weeds turn? Season four, right? Uh, three when, or when four she moved to Mexico or to the yeah, border? Yeah, once they started moving around, it it got confusing and un, it was it just wasn't good anymore. No, yeah, that's too much. They just needed to add that show like way sooner. 
Yeah. Um, but he's good in it, though. Yeah, I really liked his character. He was one of the highlights of that show. Yeah. Nealon's so good. It's a shame that he was underutilized in this, but I'm still happy to see him. Oh, yeah. Definitely good to see him. Um, okay, so the end of this movie is something else I wanted to chat about because um, I'm pretty impressed by how quickly we get the fuck out of here. And for a movie like this, not complicated, right? You know what's ho- happening. There's no, there's no surprises. You see everything you need to see, and then fucking Billy Idol's there, <laughs> who just dominates every second of screen time he is on. What the fuck? That guy's char- char- charisma is like, yeah, it, it just pulsates out from him. It is Billy fucking Idol, I guess. Anyway, um, that's it's all of true, a funny though. bit at the end with him. Um, and then the song that Sander plays at the end is kind of nice. And it's really weird that he hits on her so much, so badly with Robbie right there, uh, even though they shove him into the back. But anyway, is, it, it doesn't Billy need I- to be. Is Billy Idol in this because he sings White Wedding? Like, is that another thing? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I don't probably, know. They, like, once again, they a lot of the times with these movies, they'll write a role for someone like that and they'll approach them. And if they're uh, not so available, it could have been anybody. Maybe they'll right? they'll rewrite it for another singer who who might be available. But so very, I mean, he's very eighties. I mean, he, yeah, he's so eighties. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I, he's he's good though. I like it. he can act, so that's great. What do we think about the bad guy in this? Um, the uh, the mustache. He's a bit mustache twisting. <sighs> the the Gulia? Glenn Gulia. Yeah, Glenn. He's, it makes he's me stupid is what he is. He's like, he doesn't even approach what he's doing with a little bit of um, like attempted secrecy. Like he just yeah. automatically. And the thing is, I don't know about you guys, but I've been around guys like that where they're like, they're like, oh, we're guys. We can talk about this. Like, no problem. You're going to be the same. Right. And then they yeah. start talking about cheating on their girl or like whatever, whatever. Right. So I don't think he's like too exaggerated but i do think it's a dumb thing like i'm not saying cheat but if you're gonna cheat yeah cheat somewhat smart right Uh, uh, yeah i mean i you usually don't fess up to a guy like robbie when you've just met him like no to have a dick wagging contest on the chicks you've banged recently when you you kind of know he's friends with julia so like that's he does know that yeah yeah so that's a little weird they're pals or whatever right what what i think like I don't mind him because he doesn't need a ton to do, and he, it's not awful the way that that he's written in this movie to 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 be the bad guy. And the way that Robbie finds out, I guess at least it's different than what you see. He doesn't witness it; he kind of outsmarts him through conversation, mm. I guess, to make admit admit it. But what ends up happening, I think, because um, Julia ends up being uh, a more fully developed character in this movie, that you get to see a lot of stuff from her side. Um, I don't understand why she's with Glenn. Uh, I don't either. He doesn't seem to be her type at all. Like, he drinks and parties, which is not her thing, and that would not be a secret. That's his life. Like, he likes to have money, and he likes to get loaded with his pals and then the, the girls on the side. So, um, I think it's one it, of those things what you should do as opposed to what you want to do. Or maybe. what you think you should do, right? Like, but, but, this but is I the think choice that, does. that I'm supposed to make, the guy with the money and the stable future... Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the, they the they guy. do a, they definitely do a good job of of laying that out. And even when they even when her sister asks her after she says it's not the money, she says why, and Julia can't answer the question. So I like I like that they establish it that way. 
Um, yeah. I feel like I've met women that are in those same situations and don't well, really know why they're with the guy other than like you just said, he's got a decent job and like, you know, he can pay for, you know, their lives together. Well, well he yeah. says he says she was with me before I made my money. So I know I can trust her. And yeah. that's about like the only line I can think of that nods back to that they were like high school or college sweethearts, which would have been a much simpler way to handle the whole thing yeah. on why she's marrying him. But they don't they don't make that plain. So then it just leaves me wondering because I don't find out till later in the movie that they were together before he made his money. Yeah. So it, I, also, I don't know. It just made me call into question why she was with him in the first place because he's obviously it, douche. I think if you would have pulled back on him a little bit, more it would have been better if he wouldn't have been such a douche um like i i like him on the plane to me him on the plane seems like the most realistic person right the, the, it's the only time i other than like where he gets pushed into the bathroom but the way they're interacting when they're sitting on the plane and and he says to her that you know let her she look over his lean over lean over the lat his lap but then when you cut to him later and he's looking out the window he's got such a great big smile on his face and he's yeah. really enjoying himself which is the first time i feel like he's a real character and then yeah. she gets hit in the elbows really badly by the way by the cart the drink cart yeah. and then he like leans over to her not noticing that she's injured and he asks her to get him a coke or something <laughs> come by yeah. And yeah. then he goes back to the window and he's so excited. Like to me, if his character was more clueless like that, that that of what his behavior was, that would have been better than him being like, I'm going to fuck around on her. I'm going to marry her because she deserves it and I owe her, but I'm going to fuck around on her every chance I get. It just doesn't seem like a real person. So yeah. we, that's not a way a real person talks. Well, he's just so dumb the way that he's handling everything. It so just I just feel, feel like to me like he's got any modicum of like an idea how to actually be a deviant. And he's he too just, smart for that. Yeah, he's just too, too much of an 80s cliche bad, the bad guy with the nice car and the, has yeah, money. Yeah. So I think if they would have just pulled back a teeny little bit, you wouldn't have needed it because it's more about how Robbie and her, like Brent said... Um, Robbie's more her type and he's not he doesn't have to be this cheating philandering piece of shit he just has to not be right for her that's it and so yeah because so at if, the end yeah go ahead sorry, I was just gonna say at the end of the movie it's Robbie's song and their love that that triumphs not that he's like he cheated on you and she's like you bastard I'm going with him exactly that, that, that doesn't that happen comes up no yeah no, but it does make us cheer against him, which is True. important because we don't want him to be a sympathetic character for us, right? We want it we want it to make sense that she leaves and not just because he's selfish. Like he needs to be abusive somehow. There needs to be something she's escaping from. There's something that Adam Sandler is taking her away from. He's the knight in shining armor. He saves yeah. her, right? And, and that, that love and it's okay is, if saves he them both, I guess, right? And it's okay if he does cheat as long as like you guys are both saying He's not so dumb about it. If he was, if it was more realistic, yeah. where he wasn't like an open book about about all of his flaws, and no, he was it's, hiding it's, them. It's another great example of writing real people and how mm -hmm. that would take you farther. Like even though this this movie is silly um, and has some crazy things like the meatball hands, like if your characters are still um, 
sincere, right? That's a good then, word, sincere. Then they're going to carry further. Yeah, no, definitely. And and you're going to, it's going to, the world is going to feel more like it's filled with real people instead of these cardboard cutouts. Like, because Julia and Adam Sandler's character and even Adam Sandler's fiance, in my mind, feels very realistic, e- even at the beginning and at the end where she comes back and says she can live with him being a wedding singer. And he's like, I don't want you to live with it or get used to it. But th- th- that feels like a very real character. Like she's not seeing any anything wrong with saying that and, yeah. and he's like are you fucking crazy yeah. so uh, the the mom saying she should marry glenn because he's handsome and rich and you know <laughs> like all those things feel real to me um he's really one of the only well i like the old guy i like what do you guys think of his uh the guy who drives the limo who is that that's just a friend it's not yeah, a it's relative his, right no it's just a friend. buddy yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Robbie's best buddy, yeah. I like him too. I think he's a real person. Yeah, I, that I, guy's super likable too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially his bar scene where he's like so raw from the quote I did at the start. It's just at the end of the day, all I want is someone to hold me and tell me everything's going to be all right. It's just kind of a moment that, that comes at you and hits you because Sandler is hating on himself and feeling bad and, and it seems like his buddy is like hitting life to the fullest as a single dude and he's like i'm fucking miserable you don't want this and it's it's good it hits and i don't mind if the audience was to feel bad a little bit bad for our for the the guy who's gonna lose julia like to me that's okay you don't i don't think you have to 100 percent hate that we do 100 percent hate him in this but i don't think that's a prerequisite that you need you don't have to like hate the person I'll tell you why I feel like we do want to hate him is because otherwise Sandler is breaking up a relationship. Yeah. Right. He's pursuing someone in a relationship that's not bad. It's just not. I. It's just not uh, the right Ideal. person for her. But then again, that's him saying that because she has to discover it. Yes, so but the stops and starts happen. If we like don't we- hate him, if we don't hate him, or at least dislike him, um, then that that makes Robbie a very conflicted decision maker for a, for our hero. Right? It does, but if 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 you would have had it that way and he still goes and sees she's happy and decides not to go and interfere, then we don't hate him again. It's only in, at the end when he finds out she came to tell him that she was in love with him and his ex showed up at the door in her underwear that he pursues her, but then he knows for sure that she wants to be with him. And he wants to be with her. And she's just going to get married to, you know... I, I love that she... The only thing I would have changed was their wedding shouldn't have been the next day. That makes no sense that they go to Vegas. I think Brent brought it up or maybe it was you, John, during the movie. I can't remember. But, like, she, it was Saturday and they were going to get married on Sunday. And she tells Glenn, let's go to Vegas. So every single thing... The invitations, everyone would have had their shit laid out for the next day. They're never going to get back any deposits on fucking anything the day before. So they're going to abandon the wedding that they planned. Oh, yeah. So it should have been a month, like our we- even a couple of weeks. Yeah, like that one small change would have made the movie better. Because you have the ticking clock on the plane where it keeps cutting between the two separate airplanes that you don't realize are the same plane. 
So you don't need a ticking clock of their wedding being the next day. I think that's yeah. stupid. Yeah, agreed. It's a very minor thing, but yeah. it could have been easily rewritten. Yeah. Um, so I got speed bump. music and everything uh, I thought was good. Like the, the directing in this movie, the, the way the look and feel, I think it's solid. It's not catchy. It's not flashy, but nothing detracted. Nothing was like so poorly cut or uh, uh, shaky. Uh, you know, things weren't out of focus. I know that's not something you typically see, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but um, it's like in the background. Competent work. Yeah. Karachi, like the same with like the water boy and, and his other uh, endeavors out there with Sandler. This guy just this guy fucks as a director. This guy, this guy wrote <laughs> the water boy too. Apparently this guy was the other writer on the water boy. And, yeah. uh, um, well, and like the others I'd mentioned, but uh, unfortunately, Pixel <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so maybe this guy needs some new friends too. Maybe <laughs> the guy who maybe. Wrote um, and I, I like his. I like Rose, uh, the old lady, with her dick jokes and talking about getting fucked and asking yeah, if he's uh, shy to show his penis to another lady and stuff like that. <laughs> that I mean, would have been like oh, 200 men today. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> like I, it, it, her character is the type of character that ultimately could have been shaved a little bit, but she just, she handles her delivery so well. And her stuff is like the silliest that this movie has to offer. So I kind of like she, it. She is a typical Sandler character. Yeah. 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 The, the unassuming dick joke from the, um, character where like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of grandma. That, like, oh, grandma said penis. <laughs> uh, but my, that is my favorite. One of my favorite scenes is the one where she tells him that she slept with eight men before she got married. And that, that was a lot back then. That would have been yeah. 200 today. Yeah. And Sandler is very uncomfortable with that. But I love her bragging about it like that. She had a time where she was wild. She was like Mm -hmm. a wild young woman when she was younger. And uh, she's remembering that. So I like that, too. Like the other thing that was really, really funny to me was his song where he he plays for Julia. The one where he wrote half of it when he was with his (laughs) fiance and the other half after they'd broken up. It's a good song. uh, it's it's killer it it's I, it's still a big laugh today and his performance of the song is fantastic and one of you guys pointed out it's the they filmed it live they didn't record it it really seemed like that yeah None if of they the did any of that ADR that if they did any of that ADR they nailed it but it looked like mm-hmm. they they got him doing that because you can just tell when when the camera's that close up on someone's face and they're doing the vibrato with their voice and other you can see their throat moving you can see the change the slight change in their mouth uh shape to get the different notes and sustains and stuff like that it's um uh, you see i'm pretty 99% sure that they shot that live and i, it, I feel like all makes of it, it seemed like john movie, lovitz too his music stuff also seemed yeah, like <laughs> I, I i felt like all of the music was done that way i, I don't feel like anything no, was think- done post I think it was really done. Like I say, they're credited for those songs in the end, performed yeah. by, performed by. So yeah. I believe the singing is all real. Um, actually, no, I know it's all real because uh, I did read something about um, about it. But it's great. It's, it, it Lovitz adds. is hilarious when he sings. <laughs> Sandler is capable, right? Yeah, yeah, more than. So all that shit, it fucking nails it. Yeah. I yeah. I fucking love I could watch Lovett sing like that. Like that is oh, such a piece gosh. of childhood right there. Oh yeah. 
That guy's good. I, I love I think, it. I think like this, this could be um, his the best of his old comedies. Like, like, like if as a as a whole, Sandler, you mean? Yeah, from beginning to end, as a whole, this is better than this is better than Billy Madison. It's better than Happy Gilmore. As a whole, better better than Waterboy, I think too. I think this is of of the '90s, the movies he made in the '90s. This is the best one, uh, like from beginning to end. I don't know if you guys like any other ones better than this that came out of that era. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's definitely like I mean, I guess we're just there. So I'll just I'll go if you guys want. Yeah, do it. I I think this movie holds up. Um. I don't know if it's the best of them, but it is so good because it's grounded more in reality for him. And I think that's where it, where it grabs because it feels genuine. There's a sincerity about it. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of like, I guess it's the sentimental uh, parts of a movie work better when um, it's not so goofy. You cheer for the water boy, but at the end of the day, you know, he's a, a fictional character, right? Yeah. The wedding singer, <laughs> yes. the wedding singer could be a person. Yeah. Yes, um, totally. Could. So, so it, uh, you know, it, it compels me a little bit more as far as Sandler goes that way. But no, I think this holds up. I think it's hilarious. I think the, um, the timing is for people like us, but I don't think that you need to get the jokes. You don't need to get the Van Halen broke up to get the shirt uh, joke. And even if you don't get it, who gives a fuck? It doesn't detract from the movie, the references. So no, I don't think so. So I think it uh, uh, holds up. I think it holds up too. And one of the things that you said to me that was so interesting last night, which I think would make this movie hold up for a younger generation, was that your that your daughter loves Futurama and uh, watches it constantly. And Futurama is so filled with stuff she won't get. Richard Nixon, um, the takeoff of TV shows and movies. Like she has no idea who Richard Nixon is, but it, it still works. Oh, yeah. So I think this movie actually does hold up and I think would would still work um as a throwback to the 80s for people who who don't weren't from that time but they would get the for the most part you know this story and think it's funny. Mm. So so I think this movie hold, I do and I do think it's one of his best comedies of all time that he's made uh along with um uh Punch Drunk Love and uh you know Probably Waterboy. I like. I have a soft spot for Waterboy too. But yeah. you're right. This one feels the most grounded in reality of of his silly kind of comedies from the '90s. Um, it's you know what's funny about this movie in the order of movies that he had come out. I bet uh, this only had like 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.2 out of 10, I think, somewhere around. Um. I think because when people saw this, they might not have liked it because it's not the typical Sandler. It, Brent said it like probably from something I said earlier too. But, uh, grounded in reality, I think is m- more so in this movie for him. He's not. Um, Colin had a great term before, like manchild, uh, really angry manchild. That that's that's his bread and butter is the angry manchild, and most of his stuff stems from that. And I think at some point in all his movies except for Punch Drunk Love, there'd be a, a large portion he at some point regresses into Angry Manchild for a bit, which is just funny, man. He's funny. He does it really well when he has the the rage. But this one has the the least of that for Sandler. And so um, 
I bet people rewatching this years later would actually be surprised because they're not going to be in the midst of Sandler mania and expect a lot from this. And if you go into the movie with that, you're going to find a cute little romantic comedy mm. uh, with a with a guy lead. Um, not many rom-coms do the guy lead part, but this movie is as much romance as it is comedy. It's like got yeah, some messages. It has some profound thoughts, mm-hmm. um, which is so rare. <laughs> so I think it holds up too. Um, Drew Barrymore is really cute in this. She, the way she yeah. comes off. Um, this is my fa- one of my favorite things she's done too. Uh, I agree. Because at a certain point, she starts to feel feelings for Adam Sandler. And I think it's when he's singing a song. And she like start was looking at him, and then the, she has a look on her face because she at that moment she's taken by him. Um, so she makes mistakes, man. She puts herself in a weird scenario, given that she's going to be married. But you don't hate her for it because it seems like it's just she's just comes off as really sweet, um, much like Robbie, who has so many save the cats, and he's like a really good guy. Like you only want the best for them. So for the movie to get that straight about both those characters. You want them at the end. It's very satisfying to see them get together. And to the point where I don't even care that they get married um, as the Flash. They could have just kissed on that plane and the movie could have ended right there. And I would have been ecstatic that it goes on for like another minute and a half um, by having that doesn't ruin that for me uh, in this movie. And many other movies have done the, oh, this untenable relationship finally gets together and here's the marriage scene like marriage makes everything fucking all better but not in this movie in this movie it works uh so kudos for that i'm glad this this movie made me smile to myself as much as it made me laugh uh out loud so that's a big uh that's a big compliment Mm -hmm. yeah right on um hey did you know that next week the king's speech is coming Ooh. Very different Very, movie from the wedding. I was just gonna say, I was <laughs> How just much gonna more say, different can back fucking, to back movies Pretty much get. night and day, uh, those two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but very much looking forward to it, Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth. There is a comedic element to it, though. So that's there, it, there, And the, the way they use the comedy in the movie, I, I believe, is um, very effective given how somber a lot of the backdrop of this movie is. Um, and the, the I, I'm. I've seen this movie like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. So looking forward to rewatching it. I think it's totally going to hold up though. Um, the opening of this movie, yeah. I think gets you feeling so much for Colin Firth's character. Um, yeah. Get ready for it. Okay, cool. And then uh, after that, I believe uh, Brent, you got a movie selection coming up. Yeah. Do, so I what do. is your movie selection, Brent? Do you have it yet or do you, do you want to wait another week to announce? It's okay. I'm going to unveil it. <gasps> the movie that we'll be doing for my birthday is. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. That's great. I, I, it's cool. I, I am not surprised <laughs> that that's what it is. <laughs> my lack of surprise. surprise. Uh, we'll make you wait. I am Colin's lack of surprise. Do you have a list <laughs> of of like top three? Yeah. Nice. Okay. But we can't hear it? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all right. You're a liar. You don't have one <laughs> fucking movie, do you? Not one. You There's no too many movies is the surprise. problem. It's not but a list right. of three. He's got a week. He's got a week. But next week I we announce. more than that, don't I? Nope. No, you have a week. 
Oh, How I got you? to announce next weekend. Is that what I'm being put to? Yes. Sure. In, in the King's Speech oh. episode, you got to announce. Otherwise, it's just going to be a big surprise, and that doesn't work as well. And then after we do Brent's birthday episode, uh, which will come out on the 27th, uh, then we're going to let you know what our December lineup's going to be. But you can't wait for that. All right, yeah. cool. Right on. Okay, hold up for the holidays. Over. <laughs> over and over, over again. again. <laughs> Only here can you get the music from the wedding singer live and in person. No, that was from uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, that's right. That closes in. <laughs> <laughs> we got some chops. Nice. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Okay, but watch out for the wedding. No, not the wedding singer. That's this episode. So watch out for the King's Speech, which will be dropping next Sunday. And this one was tons of fun. Um, go check out The Wedding Singer, uh, a fun little movie to revisit from the late 90s. Uh, it has a lot of heart. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Chick it, chick it. And then um, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this one. It was great to have you. We'll see you in the next one. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.